Hey everyone, Hope here. Just so you know, in this episode, we talk spoilers for the DuckTales series finale. So if you, for some reason, haven't seen it, and you don't want to be spoiled, just so you know, we do talk about the series finale. Spoilers, spoiler warnings, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Alright, enjoy the episode! What the hell is this? Ugh, this is so boring. What else is on? Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons, an animation podcast for a geeky girl experience. I'm Hope Mullinex, and I normally make my friend Chris Honeywell watch my favorite animated shows, but Chris isn't with me here today. Instead, that we're going to have a very, very special episode to talk about one of my personal favorite shows. It just ended. It means the world to me. I love it so much. And I'm today we're going to be talking about the 2017 DuckTales reboot. But I'm not talking about this alone. I am joined by one of my very favorite people in the world with one of my favorite, favorite shows in the world. She is the host of The Geeky Waffle and Straight Out of Home Video, as well as covering Star Wars, Marvel shows, Disney, and more on their live streams over on The Geeky Waffle YouTube page. I am so happy to be joined by my friend Candace. Welcome to Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons, Candace. Hi, Hope. And yeah, you're one of my favorite people, too. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> No, like, really, I just, I've been looking forward to this so much because I, well, for one, I just like chatting with you and I'm missing your face and everything. It sucks. I was just in Florida, like, maybe half an hour away from, like, away from you and COVID and I couldn't come see you and, like, see Bucky. I know. Get to meet Bucky, the famous Bucky. Yeah, I'm talking about you. The famous Bucky dog. (laughs) To kind of get into DuckTales, so... They had this great reboot, and you guys should know that we'll be talking about why DuckTales is a great reboot and stuff over on Candace's show, over on the Geeky yeah. Waffle. But before we do get into DuckTales, if someone has never heard about the Geeky Waffle, what is it? The Geeky Waffle is a network of podcasts and streams, and we just talk about everything nerdy possible. And we're just a very eclectic group of people, and... We try to be as inclusive as possible. And I know you also have a sideshow straight out of home video. I was on your Lion King 2 episodes where I might have added myself as a furry. It's fine. <laughs> That's your most popular episode. I hope you know. That's your most popular episode? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> we just did Poca- I just recorded Pocahontas 2 earlier today. With Arzu and Sarwa. I'm so excited to hear that, because that movie's trash. <laughs> it, it's a garbage fire. Oh, I'm so excited to hear your show about that. Um, and you guys also do live streams on Friday nights, right? Yeah, we have been doing the Marvel TV shows as well as The Mandalorian. We're currently doing The Falcon and Winter Soldier, and we're planning on doing Bad Batch. I'm very excited about your Bad Batch episodes, just saying. Bad bitches on Bad Batch. Well, if you ever need something to talk, I'm right here. I will happily talk to some Bad Batch. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm also early volunteering myself if you need somebody for when Hawkeye comes out, because I actually love Clint Barton, but I hate MCU Clint Barton. (laughs) I was about to say, I'm like, we're going to hate watch it whenever Clint's on screen, because we blame him for everything. 
you need to read Fraction in Asia's run because that run of Hawkeye is perfect. It's the one that's won the Eisner Award. It has the famous death issue because I think not a lot of people know that Clint Bar- Barton is canonically deaf. And they did an entire yeah. issue in sign language. And it's a gorgeous, I have it, it's a gorgeous issue. So, like, I just, and it looks like the show is going to take a lot of influence from Fraction and Asia's run, um, which is one of my favorite comic books ever made. So, I just, that, ugh, yes. <laughs> but we're not here to talk Marvel today, we're here to talk some DuckTales. So, woohoo! So, what is your past with DuckTales, and did you watch the original series? Yeah, I watched the original <gasps> series. I had a bunch of VHSs. And... I know this is an audio medium, but what you guys don't see right now is Candace's amazingly adorable dog, Bucky J. Barks. The Corgi Chihuahua. The if you want to see Bucky, you should check out their YouTube page. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or he has his own Instagram, Bucky J. Barks. <gasps> But but before we were delightfully interrupted by Bucky. Yes. I grew up as a child of the 90s with DuckTales. I remember renting the, what is the Lamp Adventure, the TV movie mm-hmm. they had? Yep. So, yeah, it was a big part of my childhood. I vividly remember going to Magic Kingdom, and they had, like, the Disney afternoon show. And, like, lunch had would come out and do some dancing and stuff like that. <laughs> I just loved it. See, like, that's, the Disney Afternoon stuff was always my sister's stuff, so I kind of got it through her. So that's what's so interesting about the, the DuckTales reboot and, like, why I glommed onto it, because I don't want to say that I'm a casual fan, but I'm probably more casual fan than deep diving fan, because I was, like, a kid's WB Fox Kids kid. Oh, no, we were a Disney household. And and that was my sister. Like, when my sister had kids, like, the first thing she did was show them gummy bears in DuckTales. <gasps> gummy bears! So that was, so it's not that I didn't watch DuckTales, but I, I I always just kind of got it through my sister, but it wasn't my thing. So coming into the new reboot, it was almost like I was watching the show with fresh eyes, but if it comes up in your show, I'll talk about it more. But this show actually, actually made me want to go back and rewatch the original show because it was so well done. I tried to watch the TV movie. I forget what it's called, but it just got racist really fast, so I stopped. Oh, it's the Legends of the Lost Lamp one? Yep. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. I, I, gosh, I remember so, like, that was actually something I did remember watching. And I remember, like, Webby had an elephant in her room hiding somewhere. And I remember Jean the Genie, because when we had the Quack Pack episode, I was like, it's Jean! But that's about yeah. as far as I got. So what is it about the new series that you love? I think the people who are making, well, made it, truly love the original. And you can just see that on screen. They just put together an amazing group of artists, writers, and of course, the voice talents. And the fact that like they got some big names to be in the show shows, one, how much everyone loved this. And also just the quality of the people working behind the scenes. I mean, something I always talk about is there's so many Star Wars actors in this show. You have like Bobby Moynihan, Jim Rash. You have Giancarlo Esposito. You have Amy Sedaris. Like, I mean, these are all Star Wars actors. <laughs> I always jo- joke that like half the cast of Star Wars Resistance is in this show when over on Jake Guys and Jedi. <laughs> yeah, I, I think what I love about this series 
is it feels like it's paying an homage to the original, but it's not afraid to be its own show. Exactly, yeah. And I think that's really well done. And I think that's where a lot of Star Wars, for example, um, kind of gets tripped up is that they try to play so much in nostalgia that they trip over their own feet and they don't let the original stuff breathe on its own. Yeah, they don't tell their own story. So let's actually talk about the story of DuckTales, because the structure I found really interesting. I liked that each of the triplets got their own kind of season story arc. Yeah. But they also had so much, like they had the Disney Afternoon Universe, we had Darkwing, we had the family. I mean, it's just, it, there's a lot going on in just three seasons. I I was looking back through the episodes today, and I was like, wow, they covered so much, like with Lena, and they gave Beakley an entirely new backstory, and gosh. Yeah, you can say they, they did so much better by their female characters this time around. Yeah, so what what did you think about the story that was being told? I love found family and just family in general, even though it's not found, they're all blood-related, really. But yeah, I love people, like, different personalities coming together as a family and just working together. So yeah. I think for me, because I have such a blended family, like I have step-parents, I have half-siblings, step-siblings, like I, I have such a blended family that I really appreciated seeing a non-nuclear family. Like, yeah, boys exactly. are raised by Donald. Donald is their uncle, and he is also their father. And in the finale, when there's that moment where Della is like, you and I are a team, you know, they're both their, the boys' parents. Yeah. And even though that they're siblings. And I like, you know, Lena gets adopted by Violet's fathers, and Scrooge there, Beakley, is Webby's grandmother, but we find out that she was taken in. Like, it's such a unique story to show a non-nuclear family working. Yeah. And then they have friends who become, like, part of the family, like Lena. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, what's Lena's sister's name? Uh, Violet. Violet. Like, Violet. They're considered, like, family. You have that final image when Scrooge is facing off with Bradford, and he's like, you've messed with my family, and it's like, Darkwing's back there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 Gyro's back there. Yeah. (sighs) I love Launchpad. Oh my god. Launchpad <laughs> is a pan icon. He is a pansexual. You cannot change my mind about that. No one can. But he is just... Uh, we gotta talk about the queerness of the show. Can we please? Because him and Drake would be wonderful parents to Goslin together. And also, like, the fact that Penny is a lesbian. They Like, Sam King tried so hard to get it in there. <laughs> I know. Well, he subtly got it in. Like, that's the thing is, I understand, like, Disney is Disney and they have to do worldwide stuff. But the writers are doing their best. Mm -hmm. They're doing their best to put this stuff in. And just the fact that they got Violet to have two dads and have, like, this, like, sexual tension between Penny and Della, honestly. Let's be honest. (laughs) Let's be honest. Um, (laughs) Let's be honest. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, yeah, and just, like, Launchpad, like, casually talking about, like, who he's attracted to, and it's just, like, all over the place. And he's just, like, it could be anyone. <laughs> and it's beautiful, and I love it that they have this in a kid's show. Because, like, we've always talked about, is like, media normalizes things for children. When you see things, like, when you grow up seeing things, 
it just it helps and it's good to see those even if they're ducks it helps yeah i mean something even as small as changing fenton's feather color to uh, represent Lin-Manuel Miranda and like because I, I think he was what was he white in all old series yeah and he also they added Cabrera to the end too yeah they give him like uh, to change him up in honor of like Lin-Manuel and Lin-Manuel Miranda's in this yeah I know right? <laughs> it's the- again he was such a huge DuckTales fan he's like sign me up <laughs> And just, like, Danny Pudi is in it as well. I mean, like, Ben Schwartz. Like, the, the cast is David Tennant. <laughs> David Flippin' Tennant. Okay, it was really odd because, like, David Tennant was, like, my teenage crush. Like, and I'm like, <laughs> Scrooge McDuck's voice. <laughs> it's complicated. To kind of, like, touch on everything we just talked about because my brain's in, like, 12 different places. So much of the, I think that's why so much of the show also resonated with me too, and I and I know that like Sam King and tried the, her best. She talked about that, and and we actually talked about that for about thirty minutes in our episode for the Love God, the, like the progression of queer things in media from Gravity Falls to now, and how it's represented in different properties because Owl House is a big gay show, but Ducktales can't get rid of it. I can't get away with being so blatantly gay because it's a protected Disney property. So yeah, it's an IP. Yeah. So, but I do think they tried and I'd rather people try than not try at all. And do you know what? The show isn't about romantic love. Yeah. So it actually is not a big deal that they didn't feature that. They featured it as much as any, like really of uh, any romance would be featured, even like a heterosexual, even though, I mean, I know Fenton kind of got like his enemies to lovers thing going on (laughs) but like that was just like kind of like a basic thing because he's just like one of the single characters Mm -hmm. in the show but yeah like it's about the kids really and it's about fam familiar love versus romantic love and and i'm that's why i'm i'm a lot more fine with it because um and even then with owl house like uh liz and amity's relationship is not the central focus and dana terrace has talked about that like it's not supposed to be the story the story is Luce's journey as a witch it's like it's not it's not like Violet's dad has two deaths it's not a thing it's yeah. just the way the world is it, is not a it doesn't even need to be commented on it doesn't need to be commented on it's and also they adopt Lena too that, that so, yeah and when, when it comes to like I think that's why I really like Lena and Violet and Webby's story a lot because as, as I have my blood family but I also have my fam- found family and a lot of people when they don't always get along with their blood family, they have these found families. Um, I'm much closer with my best friends than I am with some of my family members because they are my family. They've been there for me. They've taken me to the hospital. Like my best friend, Billy, she's my everything. And we joke that we're platonic life partners because we do everything together except for like romance. And she's my family closer than my siblings. So like seeing Lena and Webby and Violet just bond from these three different places and becoming really close family really resonated with me and especially Lena's story. Yeah. The handling, the way DuckTales handles really heavy stories is brilliant. Surprisingly well. Yeah, like she comes from an abusive home, even though let's, it's Magica and it's magic based and everything like that. 
but it translates well. So if a child can see that and be like, I am not my family. I am not where I came from. I am more than that. I am who I am. Yeah. And like the dream episode where she like has to fight through that <sighs> is so brilliant good. because she like realizes like, no, I have people who love me. They're not blood related or magic related to me, but that's all I need. Then there's just that cute episode where the beginning of season three and we see her and Violet and she's cheering on her, her new sister and <laughs> they're just as close as can be. And it's, it's, it's lovely. A question I have later is like, what are our three high points of the show? And that is one of them. It's just the handling of these heavy topics, but it's done to where it doesn't feel like a PSA. At no point do we have sit down where like, this is the very special episode of domestic abuse with Lena episode. It's just done very naturally. And I love the dream episode. When you escape an abusive relationship, you're not better overnight. It's something that lives yeah. with you forever. You have to work through that. Yeah. And there's so many good visuals too. Like, I love that visual. And it's like body horror almost of Magica's shadow just coming out of Lena's eyes and her mouth. And it's terrifying. It's a children's show, but that was terrifying. I just rewatched The Shadow, the two-parter today. And that's such a good visual of what it's like to be in a relationship. Like, you feel like that you're attached to this person and it weighs you down. Um, I mean, to be open, and like, I've been in an abusive relationship. That's what it feels like. And it's smothering and it's strangling. And they handle it so well. And I love that they show that it doesn't fix itself overnight it's something yeah. that she has to deal with and it's not just lena i mean it seems like such a throwaway episode but the episode where we find out that donald's been going to therapy because he doesn't like his own anger and he wants to be a better father oh my god that episode like smacked me in the face <laughs> saying that donald ducks in therapy that's the thing that i love like because we did a lot of watching of like the Villains take over House of Mouse, and they had a lot of old, like, cartoons, and, like, Donald is straight up abusive in those old shows to his nephews. Like, yeah. I think he, like, murders them in one, you know? Oh <laughs> so, it's, like, it's really bad, and, like, this version of Donald, like, I, I adore him, and the fact that he realizes he has a problem and, like, goes to get help is awesome. And I think that's, I, I love the progressive storytelling, not just in this show, but just in current animation in general. Like, we see similar... Oh, just one thing, Hope. Just I just, like, realized, having one of the Fab Four of Mickey, Goofy, Minnie, and Donald, having one of them go to therapy, just, like, I'm like, boosh, mind-blown. Like, that, that's incredible. And it's so important, too. I mean, yeah. it's it's a message that, especially being a man... Like, a lot of men don't go to therapy. And so having a young, maybe a young boy, like, growing up and saying, like, it's okay if I do this because Donald Duck did it. Like, and I know that sounds yeah. silly to say out loud. No, but... like, but like I said before, like, media normalizes things. What you grow up with normalizes what you think, you know? Absolutely. So I, I want to talk about the characters of this show, because I'm very much a character person. And I know you have a strong love of Della. <laughs> Della, I adore that they brought in the mother because I always question, like, how do they get into Donald's care? And then Donald, like, in the original, goes off to the Navy because he's a sailor, and that's why Scrooge has to take care of them. But, like, yeah, what happened to their parents? There's, like, all this hint back in the comics, and they're really kind to that. But the reason I 
adore Della Duck is because she's a female character and a mother, but she has a personality. She also has some major flaws because a lot of things, especially with kids programming, the dad is always a goof, right? Like, and the mom's a smart one, always trying to, you know, put things together, just like a wife in a sitcom, you know, things like that. So it's like she has a temper just like Donald. She is is impulsive. They both, they both do that. Ah, Like, I can't do that sound, but they both get in massive ragers. Just seeing that and seeing like a parent also, especially a mother, be so imperfect and actually like have a personality and be well-rounded and have like a life before her kids too. Because we see like her and Donald, like when they're younger, (laughs) my favorite line is like when she gets like, they don't get hurt by that. She's like, I'm immortal. I'm the chosen one. (laughs) (laughs) So hilarious. Cause like, she's just like a hyperactive kid. And I think that was something very important also for kids to see that like, see their parents are more than just people who were created when they were born. Just like we get to see Donald and Scrooge and everyone else before the kids. I want to touch on something that you said um, about Della not being perfect. I'm going to say a general statement and then I'm going to kind of specify on one thing first because nobody in this show is perfect. And I really like that about this show. Like we see that Scrooge is flawed, Donald is, all the triplets are and stuff like that. But I think it's specifically important to show that all the female characters are really flawed in this show. Um, yeah. Because so much in media, you like men are allowed to be flawed and messy and like make mistakes and stuff like that. But a lot of times in shows, um, regardless whether it's animation or adult shows, like women have to be perfect and they have to like they can't make mistakes. And then if they make mistakes, then they're bad characters. And I like that DuckTales didn't do that with its female characters. Della makes mistakes. Uh, One of my favorite episodes is her realizing that she's enabling Louie, who almost blinks their family out of reality through time. And Della realizes, like, oh, no, this is me. Like, I enabled this. Because she has to learn how to be a parent. She doesn't know how to do this. I mean, Beakley makes mistakes. We see her pretty much hide Webby's entire backstory from her. But and she feels like it's a form of protection, but it ends up being something that ends up almost hurting Webby. And even then, like, Webby is not a perfect character either. Um, She has to learn how to do friendship. Like and I and I like that these female characters are allowed to be messy. Gandra's allowed to be a villain for a while before making the choice to leave. And Harry never re- uh, uh, turns back. She's just like, I'm a villain. No redemption. Bye bye. <laughs> yeah, and so much things about these characters. Also, like Della has is disa- disabled. She's missing a leg. She has a prosthetic one. Which and did, is, I had that moment when she was pinned and like the next scene she was like, like and I was like, whoa, <laughs> she just she had, had to, a, she had a, what is that? 28 hours, whatever it is. Yeah. She, that is again, so dark. Yeah. She had to do something to remove that leg from that rocket to get away. It was probably very painful. But yeah, there have been kids who have seen that and they've contacted the creators and they've been like, this is so great to see another character like this. And she's still like an action hero. It doesn't stop her. Nothing stops Della Duck. She turns her whole leg into an axe at one point and just slices through the Franken baby. (laughs) To get more into the characters, I think one of the smartest things they did with this show 
is from the get-go making sure that Huey, Dewey, and Louie are three distinctly different characters. Yeah. And I love them, each for different- I can tell them apart now. I know! I couldn't tell them apart in the original for the life of me. Who's your favorite triplet? Dewey. When's Louie? <laughs> That's gonna do it again. <laughs> I just love how he sings his own like theme song constantly, and he's like such a middle child. It's perfect. He's always just like starving for attention. I mean, each of them actually fit that. Like Huey's the responsible oldest child, Dewey's the middle child, and Louie's like the one that gets. <laughs> was, I was the youngest, so I got. Oh. I think that's why I like Louie so much because that was me. I was the one that was like, "Let me scheme and get my brothers, my my sisters in trouble," and just like wander <laughs> off into the night. <laughs> Not that I wandered into the night when I was a child. That'd be bad. Um, just that move alone allowed them so much space to just for one be original. Because yeah. they were pretty much working with blank slates and they could create these memorable characters. And I don't see us ever going back from this to where we can't tell them apart. I, I just, I, they pretty much, I think, stamped their name in the Disney pantheon of these are who these characters are now going forward. I hope so. Because they're three people. They're not just one, <laughs> one blob. Yeah. Kind of to compare it to May and June in the finale, like, that's kind of what D Huey, Dewey, and Louie used to be. They, they were just kind of this one entity. Clones. They were yeah. clones. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I would say that's the only thing that I hate that the show ended so soon, because I would love to see those two characters develop and see them go forward. I wanted a fourth season, because, like you were saying, like, all, every, episode, every season is a triplet, like... Think it would been great to have Webby have her own season and focus yeah. on her and focus on like you know what she finds out and how she deals with that. Though I'm glad they gave the finale to Webby. That's true. Yeah, kind of the opening episode is sort of about Webby too, and Webby's almost always. I my my, my buddy Seamus from Dinna Geeks wrote about this when he was reviewing the finale. Even though each of the triplets have their own series. It almost feels like Webby has always been the main character. Because she's hmm. sort of that driving force for the Modek clan. Like, they want to take her out into the world. She's the one that's kind of pushing for the adventure. She wants to be a McDuck. She's the one that's kind of... She supports Huey looking for his mother. Um, not Dewey. Huey. Yeah, Dewey looking for the mother. Don't get my triplets mixed up. <laughs> I know, Don't I know. Dewey, my favorite. The blue the one. The first season is Dewey. Yeah, the Dewey blue one. Dewey it again. <laughs> but, like, you know, like, Louie is, like, she's the one that gets like Louie, and Huey, like, she's the support character for the three of them, but that also means that she's always there, which I think was an interesting way of thinking about how the show has always actually been about her. I think you can view it that way. Yeah. But it's really an ensemble. Like, it's not really a main character. And something that I really love that they do, because I was watching just a couple episodes, is that the whole cast doesn't have to be in every single episode. So it's great. Like, I was just watching the one where Louie and, and Webby are going to fish, and they find Duke Baloney. <gasps> so those two personalities are working against each other because Louie's super lazy while Webby is very like, let's do this now. There's a mystery afoot. Well, he's like, I just want to take a nap. And the episode before that is Dewey and Huey going to meet their cousin, Feathery. And again, their personalities are so different and they clash. 
and it's just it creates a great story. I, I personally love when it's Huey and Louie together, where you have this, like, junior woodchuck, like, wanting to do good, and, like, Louie's just like, let's scheme our way through this, though. I, I think Louie's 11 might be my favorite, like, one of my favorite episodes, though, because you get to see Dewey bounce off Louie, and, like, Louie's just like, oh, this randomness is wor-. Just the whole yo-yo scene on the stage. <laughs> That's so it's good. all just, it's all so good. It is, it is. I do want to talk a minute about how they handle Scrooge as well, because again, I like that he's this flawed character, but he really goes on an arc of his own. He shut himself down after Della supposedly like dies and he decides like he wants to close himself off and takes time, but he gets his family back and he's willing to take that chance of being hurt again. I I like how the show handles like loss and trauma too. Because Donald went through that as well. And Donald had to raise three little baby ducks. All on his and own. You know the three of those were trouble from the get-go. I mean, we saw that in the pilot episode. They're getting ready to take his boat. Hate <laughs> <Hey>, Suzette. <laughs> yes. Since you were a Disney kid, how did you like a lot of the crossover episodes with, like, Tailspin, Darkwing, uh, Rescue Wet Rangers? I loved how they subtly did it. It wasn't, like, this huge thing and at first I was kind of disappointed that, like, Darkwing was going to have all his villains be in the, if, like, they did a spinoff, because originally it's a Hollywood production, and it's based on the TV show, but then they did that thing where the dimensions and stuff, so the villains came in, and I was like, you got me, I'm good, because I was an even bigger Darkwing Duck fan than I was a DuckTales growing up. Interesting. So, did, I, I to talk about that, like, did you like how they handled Darkwing in the show? Yeah, I, I loved it. I understand, like, some people were like, no, my Darkwing, but, like... <laughs> Isn't that the whole point of the first Darkwing episode with Jim Starling? Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, I love that. I love they brought Gosland in. I really hope they do a spinoff. If, I'm not going to get a fourth season. Give me a spinoff of the Darkwing Duck. I think they already... Darkwing... I think they already have one in the works. Oh, okay, good. I have not looked that up. Darkwing... Because I think it was confirmed... Hold on, I hope edit this out. <laughs> Or not, whatever. Uh, Darkwing Duck reboot in the works at Disney+. Plus. Yeah, it looks like it. So, hey, we have that to look forward to. <laughs> That's great. And yeah, the Rescue Rangers just kind of had like a small little cameo in that one episode. And Tailspin, I like they did Kit instead of Baloo. And they also brought the pirate in from the Don. Don Carnage? Carnage, yeah. <laughs> I think I was reading somewhere that the reason they couldn't do more with Rescue Rangers is that I think Rescue Rangers is currently in for a possible series of its own. Oh, okay. Take that with a grain of salt because I'm, I just, I, I feel like I heard that rumor somewhere. Especially with Darkwing Duck, I like how it was just woven into the fabric of the show. And same thing with like that one episode with Goof Troop too. I, I love seeing that episode where Goofy comes in because Goofy is a damn good parent too. I mean, I yeah, just, he is. The Goofy movie, hell yes. No, we, we talk about it all the time on Straight Out of Home Video is how often Max has to learn your dad is a good person and loves you. Like, learn that. Stop being ashamed of him. But the thing with, like, Darkwing Duck, I remember as a kid, I was so confused. I'm like, how is Launchpad in this show, but also in DuckTales? Does this take place before or after? And then I looked it up as an adult, and apparently they're not connected at all, which fudged me up. Because I'm like, why did you do that to me? 
It's okay. He'll just sleep on the drive over. <laughs> I know. I love that. He's like, I'm going to do both. But I like that also that if, if there is a Darkwing show coming, it leaves it open because DuckTales did such a good job setting up this universe. That wouldn't be out of the ordinary if they have like the occasional episode here and there where they bring back like Scrooge and the boys and Webby and stuff. Like, There's yeah. no reason this is the last time we're going to see them. Yeah, have, like, Darkwing and Launchpad get, like, captured and Gosling, like, calls the triplets and Webby up and be like, I need help. And they're like, okay, I'm coming. So kids, kids attack. Little, little angry ducks. <laughs> that moment in the finale where all the kids just show up and they're like, we're not going to fight your Scrooge, we're coming. And, like, when Violet and Lena are like, it's Webby. <laughs> That's all they had to say. Yeah. Um, and, and Scrooge is like, yeah, come on, kids. Let's go on an adventure. <laughs> And, and Launchpad became the superhero. I know, that he always was meant to be. I know. Though I did see a theory running around that everything that Launchpad says ends up being true at some point in the series. Then I'm really scared what he said, because he said, he, I saw the end of the world. See you soon. I know. Well, maybe that was the finale, because that could have been the end of the world, because they were taking away all... The magic, like the, the cool stuff, the adventure stuff. So it was almost the end of the world. I do want to talk about the villains, though, because anybody who knows me knows I love a good villain. And we mentioned Mr. Duke Baloney, a.k.a. Flintheart Glomgold. <laughs> He's hilarious. Okay, one of my favorite scenes ever is in the 87th cent episode when he thinks Scrooge is dead and he comes <laughs> to his funeral and all I do is win, starts playing... And he is, like, making it rain and twerking. <laughs> on the casket? He's twerking on Scrooge's <laughs> casket, and he's trying to climb it to dance. I just gotta pour one out for Allison and all the shit she, pulled, she put up with. Poor, poor Allison. Yeah, I I love, actually, how they handled all the villains. But Glomgold definitely takes the cake, and he gets his own found family of Sharkas. Oh, my God. Sharks and Parkas. Sharks and Parkas. And just, like, he had a whole backstory that he was actually, like, South African, and he was, he became a villain just to, like, slight um, Scrooge. But I, I adore Magica, not just because she's played by Catherine Tate, who I adore, Ugh. and she's the sweetest person, but she just sounds like she's having so much fun with her, too. That's such an important thing, because you can tell when actors are having fun. I, I was raising, ha having this um, conversation with my with Chris in our J guys episode when we were talking about Oscar Isaac and Resistance, mm -hmm. you can tell he's still having fun with Star yeah. Wars. He loves that role, and it's it's true. Like versus something like Robert Carlyle in the fourth the Frozen season of Once Upon a Time, you can tell he hates his life. <laughs> and the entire cast of Ducktales seems like they just love being there. Yeah. And I love watching, like, the interviews of them when they were doing, like, their press junket beforehand. And they're just, like, joking around, having time with their lives, making up games to play during it. I, I also have to have to give a shout-out to another villain that I guess is more an antagonist than a villain. But Doofus Drake creeps me the hell he's out. He's so creepy. And he's, like, this cute, sweet little kid in the original. So it's interesting what they did to him. He's, like, friend present. And he, like, enslaves Louie in his first episode. And his parents. Yeah, his parents are the maiden butler because he's the one who inherited all the wealth, which I don't think that's how it works, <laughs> at least in America, but they're in Duckburg. 
From Grandmama. Grandmama. Grammy Mama. Mama. <laughs> and yeah. The only thing I, I kind of wish I saw we saw a little bit more was I, I feel like the Beagles could have been done yeah. a bit more. There wasn't much of the Beagles, if you actually think about it as a whole. Maybe they were saving mm-hmm. it for the next season because it sounded like they were kind of like surprised that the cancellation. I don't know. I was under the impression that they was always going to, well, three seasons is kind of like the Disney yeah. thing. Like, I know Amphibia is probably going to be three seasons. I've seen that kind of being thrown around. Um, and I think Matt Brayley said when he launched the show, it was going to be a part one, a part two, and part three. And then with Gravity Falls, I know that they were really pushing to trying to get Alex Hirsch to do a third season. Because usually with three seasons, you hit syndication. I, I don't know if they were surprised by it, because... I feel like I was reading somewhere that Frank was saying that they always planned for a big shebang at the end of season three in case they didn't get a renewal. Okay, yeah, because the finale was very satisfying, and it felt like it tied up a lot of loose ends. Yeah, absolutely. I also just want to touch base on the Bradford reveal, because I did not see that coming, and he ended up being the most horrific villain of the show, probably. Like, when when you are, like, making... Glomgold and Magicka and like all them sympathetic as they're trying to do away with them and you're enslaving them because I, I just love that he was just like the nerd and he was like I'm not a villain but he was yeah. and I, I just thought he was just a brilliant character. Yeah he was good. He was played by Mark. Oh gosh what's his face? <gasps> Speaking of Mark I just have to say Mark Beeks too. What a great original villain. <laughs> Played by Josh Brenner, too, of Star Wars Resistance as well. Because, <laughs> of course, you need to make Mark Zuckerberg a villain. Mm-hmm. He already is a villain. Why not make a DuckTales Mark Zuckerberg and make him just this horrific person? Mark Evan Jackson. Oh, yes, yes, yes. He's in a lot of things. He's um, He plays Captain Holtz's husband in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He was Sean <gasps> in The Good Place, which had Jamila Jamil. She plays Gandra D, and she does an American accent, even though she is a very British. What do you think, Bucky? No, oh, no, he's asleep. He's napping now. Very boring for the dog side of the listeners. Is there anybody else in the supporting cast, or just anybody in the cast that you feel like definitely needs to have a shout out at some point? Um, Paget Brewster, who again played Della Duck, she is incredible and just has that voice and so great at yelling. <laughs> we have to take a moment. To say the Manny reveal. Oh my god! In the finale, <laughs> I did not see that coming. Because well, that was Keith David, right? Yeah, that was Keith freaking David from Gargoyles. <laughs> because the whole thing, the whole all three seasons, there's this headless man horse who uses Scrooge's McDuck statue's head as a head, and the creators kept saying like, "Oh, we love this character. He's our favorite," you know. <laughs> And then I'm like, okay, yeah, it's cute. It's funny. And then finally that reveal, and I'm like, I get it now. I, I actually, Manny is one of, like, my, like, subtle favorite characters because he has just this dry humor. And he's just wanted to be a guy and to, like, reveal that it the whole time it was a nod to Gargoyles was just so brilliant. And it just adds so much to that character. Oh, my God. Did you know Zeus was played by Michael Chiklis? No way! I cannot believe that. Because, yeah, there's the Greek gods there, too, including Storkalis, who definitely has the giantest crush on Donald Duck. 
oh my god, they, I, I, I just like to pretend that they're exes at some point. Yeah, they had like a summer fling or something like that, and like Storkelis never got over it. But I think Storkelis was also such a precious baby that he's like, I just want you to be happy, though. You'll be happy, my friend. He's like, I still love you. Now I'm just like looking at this, uh, like Julie, uh, Julie Bowen as Penumbra, just the cast was just stellar um Allison Janey Allison Janey as Goldie yes she was awesome <laughs> so I just uh to kind of sort of look back at the series at a whole what were some of your like high points of the series it could be your favorite episode your favorite moments favorite characters just what were some of your favorite high points of the show um, my favorite episode was when Della returned and just seeing the triplets reaction because there had been like ever since he saw the finale and seeing that she was still alive. And then you eventually get to know her and you're like, how are these kids going to react after like just having their uncle Donald? Like they just learned how to like have this extra parent screwed and then their mother is back and that changes everything. I actually love, really love Louis in that moment because yeah. at first he's like, yeah, I'm really happy. And then he's just like, I don't know you. Exactly. And it's so, it, it's just so perfect with their characters. Like, I just rewatched this. So it's very fresh. Dewey, who has admired his mother, like, forever and is an adventurer like her and is instantly, like, in love. He's like, you're my mom. I love you. And then Huey finds out that she was a woodchuck, too. So he's like, I'm in. But Louis, Louis's like the youngest kid. He seems very close to his Uncle Donald, and he's also very suspicious because he's a little troublemaker himself. So, yeah, it just takes time, and I'm I'm glad they show. It takes time. You can't just come back and everything's okay. Yeah, you know, that one of my highlights, um, and I'm biased because he's my favorite of the triplets, I, I love Louis' character arc. He's a very different person from the first episode to the end. And like, personal bias, I, I think he has the strongest character journey of the show. But I like that he takes everything carefully. And it's not that because he's lazy and he's scheming, but so much of it is just to protect himself. Yeah. And I think that's a very important character trait. But he also really steps up. Like, there's a moment in the the wrestling rumble for Rag, Ragnarok <laughs> episode where he is the one that picks up his brothers because Dewey is down the dumps. Huey doesn't understand wrestling and the world is ending. And it's Louie that comes in there, the youngest, and is just like, you guys can do this. Come on. The world's ending. I believe in you. You're the smart one. You're the go get him one. Let's do this. And it, it hit me that I was like, this is not the same character that he was two seasons ago. This is a completely different character. And I just remember that moment where he finds out that Huey's been lying about looking for Della. And he has that very quiet moment where he's like, you lied to us. Like, you lied to us okay. about mom. Yeah. So when he actually has a mom, I like that so much of season two, Louis' story is wrapped up in Della's story. It's almost like he's the one that she has to prove herself to the most. Yeah. You, you have the finale where she sings the song to Louie because he's the one that ends up encouraging her to not be scared. Yeah, And I love that moon lullaby theme and it's played like throughout like her episodes. It's played like an action song too and everything like that. I love the way they use the music within the episodes. I was just realizing the Quack Pack episode is pretty much just WandaVision. <laughs> 
Quack Pack is probably another one of my, like, tots and favorite episodes. Because they're literally stuck in a TV show, and they don't know what happened. One of them wanted that. They wished for it. Oh, okay, one of my other top things is in The Shadow War, and also Quack Pack, Donald is played by Don Cheadle, who I absolutely love. Beakley goes, like, right before they go to battle, she's like, a storm is coming. And he's like, I am the storm. And she's like, <laughs> have you been saying things like that the entire time? Can we just say that I like how much they make Donald a badass? Like, he's, yeah. he keeps his clumsiness and stuff like that. But you can tell that he used to be that adventurer. And he was gone from, even though he's a dad now and he makes you know, has those dad moments. I, I just love him showing the vi- villains in the first episode, like, pictures of his children. Yeah. That he has that adventurous blood in him. And then, like, I think it's, like, the third episode when the kids get kidnapped by the Beagles, and Mrs. Beakley was like, okay, you take the small one, I'll take the big one. And he just goes full anger, and he beats the crap out of them, because, again, anytime his kids are in danger, he is gonna knock some shit out, you know? <laughs> I, I was just really impressed with Donald's writing in this show. I, I, I wrote a piece about his agency as a parent and just those moments where he got to be a dad. Like when after they found out about Fowl and Beakley is like really pushing Webby to fight and like Huey gets hurt in the process. There's that moment where Beakley turns on the other boys and Donald steps in front of them and puts his arm like he does the parent check like, no, no. <laughs> And just protects them. He's like, you need to stand down, be clear else. Like, I loved every time Donald got those parent moments. Um, it was so great to see them together, like, with his friends. Like, the three Caballeros yeah. came back together. And that's the thing. It's like, Donald is barely in the original DuckTales. And it doesn't really make sense if he's, like, literally the one who's supposed to be raising these kids. Even if he is, like, a sailor. He gets leave, you know? So, yeah, it was really great to see, like more of him and the way they used him the way they actually developed his character he's not just this angry duck like he he has these emotions and uh, i i think that's one of my another favorite can we, let's just talk about the finale for a second but just to kind of wrap this up that moment with him and della where donald's like it's your turn to have this adventure now like donald deserves a break he does but i think Della's just terrified which I can understand, but yeah, he these aren't his kids, even though they are his kids, but like, he's trying to find like his lady love, you know, some time with her, and you know, he's not really one for adventurer anymore. He always, in the show, seemed like he was kind of, I mean, the whole Quack Pack episode is him just wanting a normal life. Yeah. What, what did you think of the reveal of Webby being Scrooge's daughter? The thing is, I like the found family, and like, they weren't related kind of thing. It does explain why the creators kept saying, none of the triplets are going to be romantically involved with Webby. It's like, <laughs> you know, that really explained that. But um, it works because there's always something mysterious about her. I don't think it will change anything with them. I did have a moment where I was just like, because actually it's, it's a personal pet peeve of mine. I just, I'm not a fan in media when everyone's related to each oh, other. I was talking in my group chat with Maggie and Arzio and I was like, DuckTales just pulled the Rise of Skywalker. But they did it better. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. Webby, you're a McDuck. And, but that's the thing. Like, I feel like it just handled it very well because from the beginning, she's always been obsessed yeah. with McDucks. She must have, like, felt like a kinship to them. 
Yeah, and, it, and I had this moment when I was looking, when I was like, I'm talking with you tonight, and I was looking through the Dr. Child gifts. I came across that gif from the Lena Dream episode where Webby's in the top hat and a cane, and I was like, <gasps> foreshadowing! Yeah, and <laughs> okay. she's, like, mapping up their family tree and is obsessed with, like, when they go to the, the McDuck Manor in Scotland, and she just wants to know everything. It would be kind of weird for her just to be this girl who's obsessed with this one family. So it, it kind of feels like it was always, like, set up to be that way, yeah. and... I like that moment in the finale where Webby is like grabs Beakley's hand before she walks away, and she was like, "No, like you're my mom, like you're my yeah. grandmother. You're still my grandmother." Yeah, exactly. Like Beakley was like, "Oh, she found her real family now." And like Webby's like, "Nope." And can we just say, little baby Webby, so cute, so flippin' cute. I don't blame Mrs. Beakley for like being like, "I'm not gonna be a spy anymore," taking care of this little baby duck. And yeah. a protector from oh. everything. So cute. And Bigley talking about her daughter and her son-in-law. I still want to know what happened to them. Wait, you think they're real? I do. Okay. I, I do think the daughter and the son... Because if you look at the photo of the daughter, she looks so much like Beakley. The way Beakley was talking about them, like, she she sounded like to me that she was talking very honestly about having a daughter and a son and something happened to them. Do, do we know if Mrs. Beakley knew that Webby was related to the McDucks or related to Scrooge? Or did she just see this kid? I think she just saw this kid. Okay, yeah. That's what I thought, too. That's how I, I feel like it. if she knew he, she was related to Scrooge, like, that's not something, well, I mean, she is a spy. But I don't think that's something she would keep from him for, like, that many years. Especially yeah. if they're living in the same house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do kind of ship. Scrooge and Beakley a little bit. I think they're cute. <laughs> Especially when Scrooge is like, she's been mad at me enough. I know how to handle her. <laughs> I was feeling a little bit of that. Even though Scrooge needs to be with Goldie always. Like, they're they're perfect. I really like their friendship. Like, they know each other so well. And I just, like, again, I just finished, like, the 87 cent episode. And Beakley's like, what happens next time your uncle goes mad? And they're like, call Mrs. Beakley. And Louie's like, fake his death? <laughs> That's, that's actually a really good point. I think that so much of media focuses on romantic relationships that it we lose the value of just a really damn good friendship. Yeah. And can you hear Bucky drinking water? Okay, oh, yeah, drinking. yeah. Now I can't. Now that I'm listening for it. <laughs> he has a hydrator didrate. Yeah, he's a, he's a hydrated puppy. He's a Florida puppy. He knows how important hydrating is. Okay, he's done. He's good. The only thing I wanted to say about the finale is I think it did a really good job mostly tying up all the things, but also just kind of getting to see everybody one last time. Like bringing back yeah. cousin Featherly, Feather, the, the lucky cousin that I can never remember the name of. Blackstone. Uh, yeah, I love him, by the way. Played by Paula Tompkins, who's a hilarious comic. I love Gladstone. $20. Hey, $20 over there, away from the awkward situation. <laughs> it was just such a good shebang. I think they handled it very well, and it felt like a really good proper send-off. Like, as, as much as I would always love more DuckTales, um, and we are still kind of getting it. We know there's a Darkwing thing coming, but there's also going to be an ongoing podcast hosted by Huey with Danny Pudi returning as a voice, and they're going to be doing a podcast. Oh, okay, so it's going to be them in character. Mm-hmm. 
Awesome. I cannot wait for that. I love fictional podcasts and audio dramas. I think it's supposed to be a, like similar to like, what, what's that podcast? This American Life? DuckTales. Okay. Or is it like Dewey Tonight? I'm surprised it's not Dewey, Dewey Tonight. I love that Dewey has his own imaginary nighttime talk show. Yes. <laughs> and if you go to YouTube, there's some very short clips. And he has people on as guests. And he's always like, you know how, like, Jimmy Kimmel will be like, I'm sorry, sorry to Matt Damon. We don't have time for you. And he's like, sorry to Glom Cold. <laughs> oh, yeah, here it is. This is Connect FM. A new kids family podcast called This Duckbird Life, hosted by Danny Pooney as, <laughs> as Huey Duck, debuts on March 29th. So two days from this recording. For Huey as a character, this is exactly what he would love to do, is able to go in there and be doing this in-depth story with Duckbird as a, in a podcast format, Pooney tells ABC Audio. It's really just the kind of felt like a natural place for Huey to go. Um, Pooney says that the inspiration from public radio's This American Life and harness Huey's frantic phonetic uh, energy into a calmer, quieted podcast host style. Um, the whole seven-part series was recorded during lockdown from Pootie's very own closet. <laughs> and you can listen to This DuckTales Life, which will feature the voice appearance by David Tennant, Ben Schwartz, and Bobby Moynihan reprising their DuckTale roles Aww. on Disney XD YouTube, Disney Now, or Disney Now X Voice, voice, on, voice on Demand every Monday. Oh, I'm, so I'm excited. It's not over yet. No, and I'm I'm really excited to see where they go. I mean, I just, yeah, I think it's good to, to let characters have a breather. But it's such an open ending. And the way DuckTales is, is there could always be, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see, like, a TV movie down the way. That would be amazing. I would love that. Do you have any last thoughts about DuckTales? Well, um, it definitely is, like, even as, like, I'm a childless adult. And I loved it. It's literally made me laugh out loud. Like, not just with the jokes and the voice acting and the lines. It's the animation, too. Like, the one time when, like, Louie is, like, trying to talk them into saying, like, oh, we're work too hard. I mean, like, who is this? Is this Huey or Dewey? And Scrooge is about to say something, but then he closes his mouth like he doesn't know who he is. And Dewey's mouth, he's just, like, <laughs> shocked. He's like, oh. like, bitch, what did you say? You don't know who I am? And it's just, like, these little animations and things in the background and things like that that just, like, it makes it all come together and just show how much people are paying attention and trying with this show. Like, there's so much effort with it. What does the show mean to you personally? It's been, like, a really great comfort. Like, when lockdown started, I went to Disney Plus, and I was like, let me, if I haven't seen all these episodes, I just binge them all. It was very, it was a good, it was a good time. Like, it separates you from the rest of the world for a little bit. And it's just fun. It's just fun. For for me, I like, a little personal for a second. This show, I, I liked it. I definitely really liked the show going into it. But this show really helped me after last year. Um, because... Uh, we just lost my nephew, and his story was actually a lot like Lena's. He had a very similar kind of upbringing with a not great family, and we were his found family. And it, so it really helped me mourn. Um, and, and actually, I think about him in a critical way because it, in 
the show handles loss and grief so well, too. It just kind of helped me process my own feelings and emotions and gave me an outlet that I could really just laugh again. I felt yeah. okay. I didn't feel bad about laughing because sometimes with those moments, like, you have that moment where, like, am I okay to be happy once more? Mm. And it was so helpful. So it went from a show that I really liked to a show that, like, really personally helped me through a hard time. And also lockdown. Like, I enjoyed watching these episodes to have something to, like, like go into and be like, I just knew even even if it was, like, because there's no bad episode of DuckTales. But even, like, no, if it was just, everything's like, solid. Yeah, and I knew I would always be in a place where it was going to be great and I was going to have fun and I was going to laugh. You it's I laugh so hard. <laughs> like it's just... I still I still laugh so hard. Again, all I do is win. <laughs> I actually watched that scene just today. Thinking about it. Also thinking about Scrooge's hatred for Santa and it was a real thing. <laughs> Yeah, that man knows what he did. I I have certain episodes that I watch every Christmas from like animation stuff, and those episodes are like going on my list of shows to watch um, at Christmas time because those two episodes yeah. are so good. They are. If you don't have anything else, where can people find you, Candace? Thegeekywaffle dot com, the geeky underscore waffle on Twitter, geeky waffle, the geeky waffle everywhere else, including TikTok. Go see videos of my dog. You know, I put TikTok on my phone and then I haven't touched it. I don't know how. How do I do the TikToks? I'm so old. I know. Well, I thought so. I'm in my 30s. And I was like, am I even allowed on here? I don't. I mean, I not all of us can be, like, really cool. You're cool. You know? Bucky's cool. It's the dog. The dog is cool. Oh, whatever. You're cool. Baby his mom. He gets it from you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, you can find me at geekygirlexperience.com. This is, of course, the animation podcast for Geeky Girl Experience. We have a brand new Twitter account, by the way, which I'm so excited about. And it is our initials. So this is Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons. And you can find us at HMCWCPod on Twitter. Um, Chris isn't here, but please go check out uh, his his radio show at the Two True Freaks website under the Akadekadonagon Theater. Him and our lovely patron, Jean, um, are both working on doing Terry Moore's Strangers in Paradise as an audio drama, and it's approved by the author to do it, and it's awesome. So go check that out. And, yeah, if you want to hang out with us on Patreon and support the show, that's patreon.com slash geekygirlexperience. And if you like Candace, you have a Geeky Waffles patron, too, that you should throw out. Oh, yeah, we just started it. It's patreon.com slash waffle. We're going to have some Geeky Waffle After Dark episodes that are special just for our patreons because we're gonna say some shameful things i can't say anything i was already outed as a furry on your show (laughs) there's always more hope there's always more well candace thank you so much for joining me today but we're not done with ducktales yet because we're gonna be talking reboots over on your show yes we need to schedule that we do. And that's over on the Geeky Waffle. You can check that out over there, and we'll be talking more about reboots. And I don't have a good way of taking this out. Where's Bucky? Bucky, bark! Bucky, woof woof! Woof woof! Bucky says, bye, everybody! I'm asleep! That's actually the voice I have for him. He's like, bye, everybody! <laughs> I'm Bucky! Why, I'm Bucky, bark! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, you guys. Thanks for joining us. 
Bye. <laughs> Bye.